0: The Rainmaker Evolution to increase freedom, create momentum, and embrace simplicity in your financial services practice. You're listening to the Rainmaker Evolution podcast with Joel Johnson, certified financial planner, co founder of Johnson Brunetti, author of The Money Map, and leader of the Rainmaker Evolution Mastermind Group. And now, here's Joel. Hey, everybody, Joel Johnson here, and it's time for another Rainmaker Evolution podcast. Um, I'm excited about the session that we had not too long ago in June there in Dallas. Uh, I thought we had a great session. A lot of comments I got was one of the best sessions ever and I think the reason for that is we're really getting a great flow from our core group of elite advisors uh, that are in that room. Tremendous question and answers. People helping each other out and that's one of the magic things that happens and I'm so excited to be able to facilitate it. As many of you remember we started the day filling out a little white index card and on it it says hi my name is Joel Johnson and I need help with, and then you are supposed to write the problem that's on your mind right up front. And many of you, many of you wrote, I need help with my associate advisors. I need help by growing my practice through associate advisors. How do you train associate advisors? How do you get them to follow the process? So all kinds of questions around associate advisors. So what I want to do is talk today a little bit about, uh, I think, how we've done that in our firm and also incorporate some of the ideas that have been contributed to the room that we have. So um, before I get into that, remember uh, that you are responsible for your own compliance. Uh, Nothing you do can be uh, pointed back to me and you cannot blame me. My compliance people have uh, approved everything that I do and uh, that I'm about to say. And you also cannot point back to Advisors Excel um, or AE Wealth Management, JB Capital, Johnson Bernetti Financial Retirement Solutions, any of the entities that I am associated with. So with that said, let's talk a little bit about increasing the effectiveness of Associate Advisors. And what I wanna do before we get deep down into the Associate Advisor role, let's just back up for a minute and review the before, during, and after units of our business. So the before unit is of course everything we do before somebody raises their hand and asks for an appointment. It's all our marketing, it's getting more leads and we consider a lead somebody that raises their hand and says, I want an appointment, or i want some type of a white paper a book a giveaway a pamphlet something you've offered on the radio or on tv and now they're into the sales cycle but once they raise their hand we feel like they are into a sales cycle so the before unit is all the marketing it takes to get somebody to raise their hand and say yes i'm interested in whatever you're offering most of the time we are offering an appointment But sometimes we are offering a book like Forced to Retire, like the Lump Sum Pension Payment Guide, like the Money Map book, like the 2017 Guide to Maximizing My Retirement Income, like the Guide to Market Corrections, all those things that we can give away. Many times we're offering that. And then once they raise their hand, they are in our sales process. Now there are two distinct parts of the sales process. One is actually scheduling the leads and getting them on the calendar that is part of the sales process and it's real important if you think about the levers you can pull in your business one lever is that marketing getting more leads but another significant lever is how many of those appointments or how many of those people that raise their hand do you actually get on the calendar? Um, there's a fall off for us there in that area, and I would suggest that you look at what your fall off is, people asking for appointments or asking for leads and the people that actually get on the appointment and what is the, or get on the calendar, and what is the fall off there? And can you work with your appointment centers to have them be efficient, to have them be more effective. You know, the basic rules apply there. Booking everything within the first week or two of somebody raising their hand. Um, Them being excited on the phone. Them only giving the choices of, you know, two choices. Uh, Mr. Jones, would you like to come in Thursday at three o'clock or would Friday at 10.30 be better? Um, Only giving, you know, choices, just those basic sales techniques on the phone. Then, when we schedule the appointment, another part of the during unit is, the selling process, the face-to-face selling process, that face-to-face appointment that you or your advisors are going through. And many times it's not just one appointment, it's the first appointment and the second appointment, maybe a third appointment. Some of you have a process that goes on for six months to a year to really ingrain a client into your system. And then, of course, there's the after unit, servicing existing clients, generating referrals from existing clients. I think I shared with you at the last Rainmaker, we generated about 80 new clients from referrals last year. Um, we don't think that's high enough, but uh, I know some people would be happy with 80 clients for the, for the whole year. So it just depends on the size of your practice there. But are you getting a good yield? as my friend Dean Jackson says, out of your existing clients. And he always likes to say, I want a 20% yield out of my existing clients. That could either be referrals, or it could be additional business from existing clients. So. So that's just a little bit of a recap. Now we're gonna get started on the sales process. How can we get our associate advisors to follow our good sales process? And I've got four quick tips I jotted down and then I'll probably deviate from these a little bit. Um, But these are just some of the successes that we have had in our business here. Number one is hire less experienced advisors. For the most part, what we have found is the less experienced advisors, the less experienced salespeople that we have, they seem to be able to implement our process and be able to go along with our process better. Um, As many of you know, some of my people were not uh, retail financial advisors before they came to us. They were Inside wholesalers or external wholesalers. Um, and then many of them, when they came to us, had just been through a one year or two year training program with Mass Mutual Financial Services or Merrill Lynch or something like that. And these less experienced advisors seem to work out really, really well for us because I don't think they're tainted. I, I think they're um, a little more amenable to adapting to our system. Then after, you hire your people for character um, the way they speak the confidence that they have then i think it's very important to stress the sales process go over and over and over again with them your sales process uh, the importance of doing it the same every time and And also during uh, you stressing the sales process to them, you need to be having them with other advisors, the advisors that do it right. Have them sit in on many, 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 many meetings. Um, Our training program is six months. We want it to be six months before somebody's actually flipping over onto commissions um, when they get incentive-based pay for that first six months. I want the pressure to be off and I want them to be ingrained into learning our business, learning our systems, watching the other advisors do financial plans, watching them do reviews, first appointment, second appointment, watching them handle difficult clients that come in that are disappointed, watching them handle annuity-only clients and investment-only clients and clients that have a combination of both things, listening to the The other people on staff, the appointment centers, seeing many, 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 many workshops, listening to the language that they use. All of that is part of the sales process, learning the sales process by sitting in with clients. And again, we give them a six month window where they're paid a nice salary and there's no pressure. Um, We want them to implement our culture, to adapt to our our culture because that's one of the most important things we have as an organization is our culture then the third thing about getting your advisors to be more productive once they've sat in on literally hundreds of meetings and uh, debrief from those meetings afterwards by the way make sure they're debriefing from the meetings that they sit in with you that they have a chance to ask questions and that you explain to them why you did certain things that you did because a lot of times they'll say like this is what we've seen sometimes somebody will come out of meeting and go well you could have gone after that twenty thousand dollar account why didn't you go after that twenty thousand dollar account and there may be a number of reasons one is the advisor didn't want to go after a small account because they didn't want it to be a meaningless transaction because there's a bigger account they wanted Um, another reason might have been because of a gain Um, the client sitting on a substantial gain they didn't want to trigger a capital gain who knows but just get those debriefs going there um, afterwards so that your new salespeople really understand um, what they're doing. Now, by the way, if you have existing veteran advisors, force them to sit in on meetings with other advisors, even if the advisor they're sitting in with is not as productive as they are. Just get them sitting in lots of meetings so they can watch how it's done, so they can watch the client. They will get a different perspective by sitting in on meetings with the other advisors in your office. The third thing I want to mention in this sales training piece is make sure they have at least three ways to ask for the business, including the technique that we taught you a year and a half ago or so, which is just getting up and leaving the room. So let's talk about this for a minute. Make sure they have at least three ways to ask for business. Even if somebody does a poor appointment, if they have a comfortable way to ask for the business there are a lot of times when they'll get the business because remember people many times because of all our marketing and our exposure in our market and I know you all are the same way the exposure and the reputation of having you market in your markets, people are trained already, they're conditioned already to come into your office and they want to do business and you almost have to blow it to get them not to do business. So sometimes it just takes a nice greeting, a little bit of a review of your process of how it's going to work when somebody becomes a client and then just ask them, what account should we start with? Or can I get a copy of your driver's license or whatever it might be. You all have your own techniques, but make sure your new advisors have at least three ways to ask for the business. It might be the driver's license uh, question. Do you have a copy of your driver's license to get started? It might be, you know, who would you like to be the beneficiaries on these accounts? Um, it might be, would you like to get electronic statements or do you like the old-fashioned paper statements? It might be leaving the room. A lot of times when we get to that point where it's time for somebody to make a decision, everybody in the room knows it. The tension sometimes going up. If you've got a couple there, if you just get up and leave, you don't even have to say anything. Just actually say, excuse me, or say nothing. Stand up, leave the room, leave them alone for three to five minutes. Come back in and say, well, what'd you guys talk about while I was gone? And they will say, we're ready to do business or we need to think about or whatever they need to say. But many times it turns out that that's when they're ready to move forward. And um, some of our most successful advisors do that all the time. So make sure they have at least three ways to ask for the business. And then number four, I've written down here is just measure, 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 and give them standards. We give our guys standards. We say we want you to be closing at least thirty percent of the new prospects you see and making them clients. And then we review things like you know how much of their assets are you getting, um, you know, are you do you have the proper, what we feel is the property annuity versus managed money mix, because we want that to be appropriate, um, things like that. But the main thing I want them to focus is that 30% close ratio. Now, to some of you, that seems too low. Others, it seems, you know, maybe in your world, it's it's higher than what your advisors are doing, but we want it to be 30%, and I let them know that. And As a matter of fact, as we do this, there's one advisor that's a little lower than that and has been for some time, and and we're going to have a conversation about whether if, if he's in the right role or not, and maybe she, he's trans transition to more of a servicing advisor role. He's got a great book of business on the managed money side. He he makes a great living. Maybe he should transfer to more of a servicing role. Um, He can get compensated for that in different ways. And we put our better closers on the client acquisition piece. But you've got to be measuring people to even have those conversations. So, Just to review those four again, number one is hire less experienced advisors. Um, I'm not suggesting you hire idiots, um, but I'm also suggesting you be cautious about people that have been in in the business for 10, 15, 20 years. You want somebody that you think can close, but they don't have to be an expert closer. Uh, Number two is stress the sales process and the importance of doing it the same way every time and have them sit in literally hundreds of meetings. Um, of your other advisors where they don't have to sell. They just sit there and shut up, don't say anything. Uh, Number three is make sure they have at least three ways to ask for the business, including standing up and leaving the room, letting the couple talk or letting the individual think about things. Um, We want them thinking about it right there in our office, not some other time. And number four, measure, 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 and give them standards. Measure, 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 give them standards. Now, um, one of you in the room uh, said, okay, I've got some guys, I feel like they're trained pretty well. How do I get them retrained? Or how do I continue to have them trained? How do I make sure they don't drift? It's going to be just talking about it over and over and over again. We used to have these sales meetings where we'd get into product. You know, we'd get into whatever the soup du jour of the day is, you know, worrying about DOL or, you know, some new income rider or something like that or or some new investment strategy that hopefully you're all mature enough to know now that anytime somebody rolls out a brilliant investment strategy, uh, you know, just kind of, <laughs> well, you know, how I feel about these these secret investment strategies that everybody thinks are great. Um, So we used to have these sales meetings where we were talking about all that stuff. Now we just talk about how to do a great meeting. And Eric uh, usually comes in every time and and talks about how to do a great meeting, the language, what he's seeing out there. Um, Doug will have some some, um, um, sales manager uh, conversations to have about... You know, making sure that the offices are, are looking great and so on and so forth, but really focusing on that sales process over and over again, and again, those of you that have veteran advisors, um, again, number three, number four is measure, measure, measure. Um, we want you to be focusing on measuring them, having them sit in in other meetings, and just having them get better. Um, I think this whole associate advisor thing for many of you is a real key some of you are jumping in a little too early um, I think you ought to make sure your calendars are full you want to make sure you can give those associate advisors at least six brand new appointments every week preferably more you want to make sure they have a lot of service work that they're doing c and d reviews that you don't want to do anymore that they're closing new business um, but the main thing is set them up with standards have them sit in lots of other meetings um, I don't know that there's any secret that we've discovered to this um, we hire good people we hold them to a standard and I let them know when uh, we're not right in the right amount of business and that the rest of the staff relies on them I want them to feel a little bit of pressure for that a little bit of friction from time to time in our organizations is not the worst thing in the world so hopefully um, this has been helpful if you have any questions or comments or you want me to continue to talk about this getting associate advisors trained please send me emails on that. Um, Also, let me say that there is some great old sales stuff that people just are really missing. The old Brian Tracy recordings of how to do a sales presentation. Tommy Hopkins about how to use the trial closes and tie downs and, and you that are not paying attention to that stuff and going back and listening to some of that stuff. Um, I think you're really missing the boat. And with your associate advisors, especially if they're doing in-home appointments or they have a lot of drive time, make sure they're listening to sales training materials, how to sell in a consultative way, how to listen to where the pain points for clients are, um, how to make sure, and here's a big one that I didn't mention, how to make sure that when they ask a, a question of a client in a first meeting, that they write it down in exactly the words the clients answered that question, and then they get repeated back to them multiple times in following meetings. So you're using the client's own words. All of those techniques will be revealed if they're reviewing these old classic sales guys. Again, you know, Zig Ziglar, not the motivational part of Zig Ziglar stuff, but the sales training part. Uh, Brian Tracy, Tommy Hopkins, the great sales masters. Have them listening to those folks and, um, and learning from them. So hopefully this has been helpful. Another copy or another podcast from Rainmaker Evolution. And uh, have a great summer, everyone. I look forward to seeing you in the fall. We're back in Dallas in October. And uh, I want you to all kick some butt until then, and uh, gear up for a great end of the year. And by the way, for those of you that missed the meeting in Dallas, you really missed a good meeting. So try not to miss this last meeting. Let's get all of us there, everybody on that list. Um, we seem to have a few that missed the first meeting and those that missed the first meeting, came to the second meeting, and then we had other people miss the second meeting. I know you have scheduling conflicts and so on, but look at this as a commitment to your fellow advisors. You can only get better if you give more. Have a great day.